Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart. Since 2010, the most listened to radio show in the nonprofit sector dedicated to helping your charity succeed. It's no secret that combining online and offline techniques is the key to fundraising success, and practical nonprofit management advice is what you need. The Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart is the perfect landing point to learn from top experts around the world who provide advice you can use. Ted Hart is without a doubt one of the foremost nonprofit thought leaders. Also a successful author, his books range from successful online fundraising to expert nonprofit management. Guests on the Nonprofit Coach are leaders in their field who share their insider tips and trade secrets in a conversational style both the experienced and novice will benefit from. Ted lectures around the world, but now he's here for you. From the latest in charity news, technology, fundraising, and social networking, Ted and his guests help you and your organization move to greater levels of efficiency and fundraising success. This is a live call-in show. Add your voice by calling 347-324-3080. After the show, you can find all our podcasts at tedhart.com. Click on the radio links. Don't forget to dial 347-324-3080. Now, welcome the host of The Nonprofit Coach, Ted Hart. And welcome here to the latest edition of The Nonprofit Coach. Thank you so much for joining us today on our big 8th anniversary show. Uh, For those of you who are familiar with our show format, uh, we're sort of dispensing with uh, page 1 news because we've got the best of the best experts who are joining us uh, today here on the show. We do want to encourage you, if you would like to call in, uh, to 427, uh, or I'm sorry, 347-324-3080 to ask any questions. Uh, thank you, Carol, for the uh, happy birthday anniversary notice over at Facebook. Uh, we are also live casting at facebook.com uh, forward slash Ted Hart. So since it is our eighth anniversary, let's have a little bit of celebratory music. to the Nonprofit Coach, and it's my pleasure uh, to welcome here uh, live Diane Peach, who does not often join us here on the Nonprofit Coach, but she is our producer, and everyone who's going to be joining us as a guest on the show today certainly knows Diane Peach because she is the one who puts all of this together. Diane, hard to believe our big eighth anniversary show today. Thank you for having me on, Ted. Well, it's, uh, I really enjoy working there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. No. Go ahead. I, I didn't mean. To no, I really enjoy uh, doing the show. You and I have been together for way longer than eight years. But uh, the show started eight years ago, and um, and you put me in charge of it. And I really have enjoyed getting to know everybody and working with everybody. And we certainly have some experts that have been on the show year after year. Um, and and it's been we're, we've been fortunate. To, to have them such a loyal uh, friends of the show. And uh, providing that expert advice uh, to uh, to our listeners 
uh, each and every month. We, uh, we're here live on the Nonprofit Coach. And, of course, all of our shows are available at tedhart.com, and those are available free of charge. And the, the concept behind the show, Diane, as you know, uh, is uh, that we want to bring uh, two nonprofit organizations, both large and small, uh, the very best advice, updated news, uh, the faces of the nonprofit sector, uh, so that we can collectively be successful. And in many cases, we try to bring uh, some of the most expensive consultants uh, who uh, many nonprofits, small nonprofits might not be able to afford. They come here on the show and they provide us with uh, their, uh, their very uh, best advice. So, um, Diane, again, thank you for uh, doing all of the, the legwork and reaching out, building those relationships, and making sure that uh, uh, each show here on The Nonprofit Coach um, does have the very uh, best uh, guesses. But I wanted to uh, just give a shout-out to you for all the hard work that you've put into uh, making this uh, show such a staple uh, in the uh, in the nonprofit sector, and and you're often the one who's always reminding me we need to keep the show going uh, because uh, there are so many nonprofits who do rely on the expert uh, expertise. So, uh, Diane Peets, well, thank you very much for all the time and well, effort you put in. Well, you're welcome, this. and you're you're right. There's so much information and so many experts that normally you couldn't get access to. Um, readily and and they come on the show and they're great friends of yours and great friends of the show and it's just invaluable information so um, congratulations on eight years Ted you, you did a great job and, yeah. and I'm proud of you yeah. well we uh, we embark on our ninth uh, ninth uh, year and I know Diane you're uh, you're working on filling out the uh, uh, the schedule uh, you and I uh, uh, put together the uh, calendar for the next year just yesterday so uh, uh, I'm excited about that. And, and Diane, since you're with us before uh, before you have to go, uh, you know who uh, was our very first guest uh, on uh, on the show eight years ago, and uh, he's yeah. going to uh, be our next guest here. So, uh, uh, who is that? Well, we have Mark Sutton on the on the show, and he's a great friend of the show. He was our very first guest way back when. And he has been a guest on every single anniversary show since, and it wouldn't be the same without him. So we have him topping off the hour, uh, you know, starting the hour now, um, again this year, and, and hopefully we'll um, have him on again next year. So Mark Sutton is well, uh, here with us. Great. Well, Diane, Thanks, thank Diane. you for and, that uh, intro. Go ahead. Mark Sutton is here. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was Thank you, Diane, and, and, and Ted, congratulations. Uh, it's great to be back, and uh, Diane, do I, hopefully I take that as an invitation again for number nine next year, but I don't want to jump of the course. gun, but it's been just, it's been it's been wonderful being part of this throughout the years, and, uh, you know, I can't believe how much has, uh, has happened and changed, and, and Ted, how much you've been sort of a leader in, in, in that change. Well, thank we you, usually, Diane. Thank we you usually for, have uh, Mark... I'm sorry, we but, usually have Mark on at least one other time during the year to update us on Front Stream and what's going on and all of the great things they're doing there. So we usually have him on um, in the fall. Uh, so we'll have him on again uh, before the winter hiatus, I'm sure, because that's what we usually do. But, but yes, you are definitely invited uh, to be our guest on the ninth anniversary show. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> a year from now, so, Diane. Thank you again for uh, for jumping in here, and thank you for making this uh, eighth anniversary show possible. Mark, let's uh, let's get right into it. And uh, you you said something. I, I just want to ask you to 
to explore, and that is so much has changed in the eight years of the Nonprofit Coach Show. Um, give some color to that. Uh, you've also been in the industry uh, longer than that, but uh, as Diane just uh, mentioned, you were the very first guest on the very first show eight years ago. Um, so tell us, what, how, do you, how would you describe how the industry uh, has changed? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting. I know that we've talked about a lot of things on this show over the years. Um, and, I, and I remember getting started, um, you know, with, with uh, online fundraising, you know, back in 2003. And that's, and that's where you and I first met. And, and I recall at that time it was, uh, you know, the challenge was simply getting people comfortable with putting a credit card into uh, on, onto the computer. And uh, it was daunting for, for some. And, uh, and, and I think everybody is is kind of well well kind of down the road with that right now. But then over the last you know few years since we've been you know talking on this show, Ted, a lot of what we've talked about has been the emergence of mobile technology, uh, and then also social media uh, as well. And you know I see I, I see kind of an evolution with mobile just to kind of go back 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 to that. But we saw. Um, you know, years ago when we were talking about this on the show where we were we were citing stats like, you know, 15%, 25% of the traffic was mobile. And now, you know, I think what we're seeing regularly across many of the nonprofits that, 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 that we work with, you know, they're having um, upwards of 50, 60, 70% of the traffic in some cases uh, that they're seeing is, is, is mobile. And, you know, I think one of the things to keep an eye on really as we go forward is, is, is mobile payments for organizations and things such as Apple Pay and Venmo and some of these other types where it's great that people have come and visited your site or responded to an email with a mobile device, but then that next step is helping them either, um, you know, register for an event or, or sign up. And it's, it's that next level of engagement that I think is very interesting right now. Um, social media has also been another big uh, driver as well. And um, I just, as we were talking about before the conference, or sorry, before the, the show, I just got back from both N10 and AFP and, and data uh, and analytics uh, seem to be a very prevalent topic on the mind of many at the conference. And I think just another um, aspect that is starting to really drive, and I think it's, it's flowing out of kind of a more quantitative approach that people are now taking to the engagement because the numbers are there. Mm. Well, and data, of course, is, uh, is important to, uh, I think, uh, you know, many businesses, as you know, and one of the things that we've been promoting here on this show is, you know, for uh, nonprofit organizations to become more purposeful in their planning by identifying the data that is relevant to their industry, um, certainly to um, be utilizing the data that oftentimes they have right in front of them. Uh, regarding their donors, um, but but what a lot of organizations had sort of fallen into, and and hopefully we're you know we're being successful in helping uh, charities sort of break out of this is that their fundraising has been sort of on the same calendar, sort of it's time to do whatever it is that uh, that that uh, they have been doing in the past, but yet the donors have moved on almost faster than many nonprofit organizations have. Uh, in their expectation of websites, their expectation of, of digital, their expectation of mobile. Uh, and the issue is, uh, I think, for a lot of nonprofits is, um, you know, this is not new technology. 
Um, there are new techniques and new ways to utilize the technology, uh, but are you uh, pulling together all the various tools um, that relate to the lives of your donors, um, the, the, the frameworks and the, 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 uh, the websites that they're used to using? Do you have uh, a presence there? Um, what is your strategy? And as you said, you know, are you providing multiple ways uh, for your donors to interact with you and to transfer money in ways that are natural to them in, in their everyday life? Uh, so kind of pull all those strings together for us into sort of what the, the tapestry that you're seeing right now uh, and looking into the future. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think that it, there, there's, there's many more touch points um, and many of them are now digital, um, and, and, and they have been, but there's just so many. And pulling them together, I think, is a real key piece of it. And I think that there's challenges that come along with that, and, and there's sort of a data chaos that can sort of emerge where you're interacting with somebody over here on social media, somebody here um, you know, for a volunteer opportunity, and somebody else on your, on your Giving Tuesday um, campaign, and trying to pull them together and reconcile them all as one individual is, is certainly one challenge. But I think, so I think that that's something where I see a lot more um, organizations looking to focus on kind of reconciling to get to that one ID. That, that, that one constituent record so that you can see the full spectrum. And I think that that's a big piece of it is really to understand, you know, the, that, that tapestry I think is a good word of, of, of what an individual is doing and contributing. One thing that I see in talking with many organizations about almost like a fishbone analysis of what is working and as over the years you probably see some campaigns kind of growing and others um, going the other direction. And it's, understanding what are the drivers behind that and so being able to dig into that information a bit deeper about okay this this event or this campaign is growing let me dig in and understand what what's the cohort what what which donors are growing how are they doing it and so it's really having that next layer of insight into what's driving the up or the down and I find that um, a lot of times it's very challenging to you know put the systems in place uh, so that you can get that level of insight. And I think that's really where a lot of the power comes to understand what are the things that are driving, um, you know, different campaigns one way or the other. So that kind of that fishbone analysis is what we've called it. I think that's important. I'm going to bring in our, our next guest. And, Mark, if you'd like to stay there, uh, because I think this uh, dovetails uh, this whole topic about data and, uh, and use of, uh, of, uh, of data uh, one guest that we've had on a regular basis here on the uh, the nonprofit coach is Rob Mitchell, CEO of the Atlas of Giving, uh, and Rob has certainly uh, taken to a whole new level uh, the crunching of data, the identification of data, uh, and then creating that into a framework that can not only be available for nonprofit executives, uh, but in in a regularly updated, user-friendly format. So, uh, Rob Mitchell, welcome here to the big eighth anniversary nonprofit coach show. Thank you, Ted. I, uh, Rob, uh, we've I got Mark to... Sutton here uh, from FrontStream, and uh, we were just uh, sort of talking about data and sort of the, you know, the, 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 uh, the topic of data in the nonprofit sector. Uh, this seems like a, you know, a perfect entree to bring you in here uh, because your organization has really uh, taken that to an art form, but, 
but made it, you know, as I said before, user-friendly. So, uh, Rob, please uh, uh, welcome here to the show and, and sort of chime in on that topic. Well, uh, data is everything, but in terms of um, celebrating the eighth-year anniversary of this show, <laughs> I, I would like to focus on uh, the success of this show, which oh, thank you, which is you, Ted. Um, you know, you have spent more than three decades being a nonprofit giant or becoming a nonprofit giant. You, you have been. You're a dad, and you have <laughs> a son who is following you in the nonprofit leadership world. You're the author of six books. Um, You're a full-time CEO. And I have a wonderful, I have a wonderful daughter uh, who is, uh, uh, you know, doing wonderful things in the world as an actress in Los Angeles as well. So so as long as we're mentioning my children, let's get them both in there. Let's do, because I have one of my four children is a, uh, is a, uh, uh, a performer, actress, screenwriter as well, and so I I, I think that's lovely. But I, I I I think the the highest compliment is that your son is following you in your nonprofit activities, and I I, I think that's terrific. You've been the author of six very effective books. You are also a full-time CEO. You are a, if you will allow me, um, you're a networker extraordinaire. you, You know the people in this industry and this business, and, uh, and I say business, because it is a business. It, um, many people consider the nonprofit world not a business, but um, it, it truly is. We're talking about billions of dollars, and uh, you have become you have become a leader and uh, a networker extraordinaire. I also know that you have a fondness for sushi, which I share, and um, that you're also you do your homework. a single – You do your homework. Uh, you're also a single malt scotch uh, aficionado in your off time. Um, the, the, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch roles with you, Ted. I'm, I'm going to All become right. the – the interviewer instead of the interviewee. And my biggest question for you, given all the things that you have going on, and there are a lot, there are personal issues, there are issues regarding being the CEO of CAF, there are, there are a lot of issues, but, um, my question for you is, what is your motivation um, with 
the nonprofit coach to give us the tools that we all need to be more successful and informed. Well, th- thank you for asking that and uh, turning the, the, the tables here. I do want to get back to your data uh, as well. But um, the, the reason for the nonprofit coach is that, you know, I started my career working with some very small organizations with very small budgets, um, and yet I've always felt that, uh, as you said, you know, whether we call it an industry or, or not, we certainly, I think, would agree uh, that um, nonprofit organizations should be run professionally. Um, certainly donors expect uh, there to be unimpeachable uh, audit uh, trail and, and professional management of their funds, professional management of the programs uh, that donors entrust their funds with. Um, and yet many nonprofits simply do not have the resources to be able to access the very best and brightest minds uh, in the nonprofit sector. And, and we're blessed in this sector uh, to have a couple things. One is uh, we have top experts who have uh, spent their careers. Many of them are on the show. You included. Mark is still with us here. We've got uh, several other folks that are going to join us uh, today and many others that uh, Diane Peach uh, schedules here on the show. Um, and our goal, Diane's and my goal in putting the show together, um, is to make available those resources that many nonprofits cannot afford, but yet they need. And they need to know what's happening around them. That you know, Sometimes they m- maybe cannot see the forest for the trees, but at the same time they are part of a larger ecosystem called sort of the nonprofit sector, um, that we want them to be able to understand what's happening around us uh, and to succeed. And so uh, we, we brought uh, forth the nonprofit coach uh, eight years ago uh, as a forum to, to bring people like yourself, like Mark and the others uh, that are on this show throughout the, the year uh, to make them available. And then beyond those that are on the, the show and the kind of insight and resource that you folks bring, uh, but at tedhart.com, we make the podcast available, uh, you know, every day, available for free, uh, which gives to the nonprofit sector a free resource on the best tips, the most up-to-date information uh, in the nonprofit sector. Um, and that's, uh, you know, that's part of my uh, desire to give back to the sector, um, but uh, to also do my part to sort of continue this drumbeat of it's not acceptable to be anything less than professional. It's not acceptable to be anything less than donor-driven. And that, you know, while there may be other forces at work in the nonprofit sector, uh, this is a place where we want to make sure people can come to sort of find that center uh, again. So, Rob, I I hope that answers your your question. Uh, As you know, I keep a close uh, eye out on on the clock here. Uh, so uh, Mark Sutton is still with us, and he had put on the table this issue of data. And, and the Atlas of Giving is a place where you regularly monitor. How many different uh, data points do you monitor on, on a monthly basis? More, almost a million points of data. Okay. Where you, and so they're, they're even large nonprofits, uh, but certainly the small nonprofits, uh, in uh, in this country, cannot possibly uh, hope to e- even be aware of those data points, but to bring them together and to make sense. And what you try to do is to, on a regular sort of real-time basis, help us understand 
where is philanthropy? Where is it going? What are those key indicators? What are those things that we can look at throughout our, our, uh, our community? Uh, so not just um, the, uh, you know, the sort of the leading indicators, but what are those things that will make a difference um, for, uh, for uh, nonprofit organizations? So uh, quickly, as, uh, as we uh, look to bring our next guest in, and we're going to sort of keep the, the table going here, so everybody that can stay, please do. Um, uh, tell us, what are, you, what are you currently seeing in the Atlas of Giving? Well, what we see is um, giving growth and giving growth, um, uh, no surprise to you, is um, largely led by uh, donor-advised funds. And as you well know, um, the Fidelity Gift Fund has um, has taken the place of number one in um, in uh, the, the charitable yeah, they, they surpassed yeah. United Way worldwide uh, two years ago uh, they are now the number one charity um, share with us some um, because you, you do this crystal ball um, what, what are you seeing in terms of the growth of uh, philanthropy is it vibrant uh, is it slowing are there any uh, uh, storms on the horizon. What what is, are you seeing in the Atlas of Giving right now? Well, right now what we're seeing is that uh, um, growth is continuing, and it is um, uh, linked to the stock market and real estate values primarily. Um, okay. But. Um, there is uncertainty, obviously, politically, and so yep. um, those those are things we're watching. And um, but I I think that the growth in the economy, the growth in consumer confidence, the the growth in um, or, or there are fewer unemployed than have been unemployed in more than eight years, and that is a contributing factor factor to, toward um, expected giving growth. Um, I, what, what we also see is that the organizations, especially the large um, traditional and by that, I mean those that have been around for, you know, 80 or 100 years um, are less likely to to accept the fact that um, digital fundraising is a major factor. And um, you, you slow discussed adoption. that on your... You've discussed that on your show. Um, we have. The, um, Rob, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you to hold that thought right now because I don't want to get too far uh, behind schedule. Uh, and uh, we do have uh, Stephen Nill joining the party here. Uh, Stephen Nill, founder and CEO of Charity Channel and Charity Channel Press. 
Uh, Stephen Nell, we've got uh, Mark Sutton from Frontstream and Rob Mitchell uh, from the Atlas of Giving uh, with us, uh, celebrating sure. the big eight anniversary show here on the Nonprofit Coach. So uh, welcome back, Stephen Nell. Ted, it's great. And I has it really been eight years? <laughs> wow, eight time years, flies. Yeah. And, and we, 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 have uh, our, we have our producer, Diane Peach, here with us uh, to attest to that sure. fact. <laughs> about that wow it seems like just yesterday i remember you were uh planning to launch the show we talked about it and i thought it sounded really great and um boy it stood the test of time you've had some of the great really great people on present company accepted actually but (laughs) really enjoyed listening (laughs) to it all these years included yeah really good folks now steve i i before you you know i do want you to you know be able to say what you want to say about the eighth anniversary uh but i just i just Mm -hmm. saw uh, Mark Sutton uh, is here with us, and he was just mentioning that he has just come back uh, from the AFP conference, which this year was held uh, in New Orleans. Uh, and a little piece of data across my desk uh, that uh, 60% of the books in the AFP uh, International Conference bookstore come from Charity Channel Press. Is that correct? <laughs> Yeah, I, I was actually surprised myself. Um, the way we found out about it was we got a panicked call on Sunday morning from the conference bookstore saying, you know, do you have the tracking information? We can't find your books. And, of course, I panicked too, but um, they soon found them, and they said, we were really we were really worried. You have 60% of the books at the, at the conference, and we couldn't find them. <laughs> and I hadn't realized that, that we had that many – books there. I knew we had a good presence. We ship a lot of books to the conference, but um, that was one of those aha moments that I'm really savoring because, you know, we're, we've come a long way in the few years that we've been publishing. And I'm really proud of that. Actually, I'm quite humbled by it too. Well, uh, congratulations on that. Now, uh, Rob uh, Mitchell, when he was was being so kind to uh, share a little bit of my background. So he sort of took over being host for, uh, for a few minutes. (laughs) <laughs> um, one thing that he mentioned is uh, is that uh, which I, I appreciated the break, um, but uh, uh, he mentioned that I had uh, uh, authored uh, six books, um, and he and he said that those were helpful yeah. books in the industry. And uh, we're not going to go into any detail here because we're not officially launching it until next month. Uh, but uh, to let our listeners know that uh, uh, with Charity Channel Press, I've just finished book number seven. Uh, which uh, uh, will be on international grant making. Uh, so uh, uh, watch for the details of the official launch, which will be uh, launched in uh, in May with the official launch event being in Washington, D.C. on June 6th. Uh, but, uh, Steve, uh, that's going to add uh, another title uh, to your growing uh, number of uh, books. And, they, and, you know, 60% at a conference uh, for the Association of Fundraising Professionals, that's a lot. Well, I'm I'm just very pleased at our growth, and I, I was really happy to work with with you and and your team and uh, getting that book um, uh, ready for the launch. It's a great book. I don't want to steal the thunder of the launch, but I'm yeah. super excited right, just let's, to play let's a role in it. And time, right. yeah, <laughs> I'm just super excited. It's a great book, and it's one I'm very proud to say is published by Charity Channel Press. I think. I think it's, I think that it's going to be very well received, and um, I'm just looking forward to uh, 
to the day when we can announce it and launch it. Really exciting. Yeah. Well, thank you for your help. Now, so in 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 sort of the spirit of the eighth anniversary show here, uh, you know, Mark and and Rob were sort of uh, sharing with us sort of their their thoughts over that period of time. Certainly, in the titles that you're covering, the topics that are hot, what's selling, uh, what the industry is looking for, you've seen a big change. Can you give us a sort of an insight into uh, what's hot in the nonprofit sector, what stays hot, what's new? Uh, because uh, again, you have so many different titles, you're literally yeah. on uh, the edge of what people need. Well. Well, first of all, a book on international giving is desperately needed. A, a credible book from you know from uh, the top experts uh, in the field is one that um, has been lacking. And and you've you're putting you've written that book along with your colleagues who have joined you in writing that. And so that's um, that. I think there are that's a great example of our fulfilling our mission, which is to look at. Um, where the gaps are uh, in books for nonprofit practitioners and try to fill that gap. Because the last thing we want to do is just put one more book out on a topic that's been beaten to death. Um, right. Uh, so right. your book is a great example of something that, that really needed to be written. Thank you for that, by the way. That, that was a great, oh, big, great uh, effort. And, what are, what, are, what uh, are the hot topics? What are the, what are the, what's selling right now, which I would take as an indication of where the industry is at, uh, you know, what, yeah. what titles, what topics are moving? Well, you know, it's actually the topics haven't really changed of what the demand is. Um, a, one of the best-selling books, we, or our best-selling books tend to be on uh, the topic of major gifts. Um, nonprofits mm -hmm. seem to just continue to crave uh, books on that, and so every title we've ever put out has done extremely well. But also books that go to sort of the, the character and quality and skill sets of practitioners do well. And um, we recently put out a book. In fact, it just came out, Zen in the Art of Fundraising, Eight Pillars of Success by Alexandra Pia Brovi, who um, is, you probably know is an attorney, um, also a black belt in karate. And it, uh, that, that book exemplifies our effort anyway to – to look and, and see what can we put out that, that just isn't being done. It's not the, the everyday run-of-the-mill book and what would be fun to read. And her, I mean, you could read her book in a weekend, but it may take a lifetime to really absorb uh, the lessons that, that she gives in that. It's, it's really quite an amazing book. I think, have you had her on your show or you are, or she is scheduled soon as, as I recall? Uh, yeah, a great topic. Great topic. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure she's scheduled for your show, if I'm not mistaken. So if you, anyone listening gets a chance Di to Diane, are, Diane, are you with us? Uh, do, you, do you have the insight into that? I believe so. Yeah. In the yeah, fall. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, she's a really interesting, really interesting person to work with, and I think if she would make a great guest if if you choose to have her on your show. But well, Diane's um, Diane's gonna make sure she she uh, she books it far enough out so I can brush up on my karate before I, I have her on. So I, I make yeah, sure she's I not she's not own. anyone to trifle with. <laughs> right, I want to make sure I can hold my own on that show. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, um, we have her on the show right after we come back from hiatus. She's coming Gosh, on the show. She'll be back. In 
September. So she'll be in the, the first fall. Step. Yep. So I've got the whole summer, Steve, to brush up and, and be fit <laughs> for, uh, for, yeah. for that show. So good, good I've got a couple months. Fortunately, she's a very kind-hearted person, so we don't have to worry too much, I guess. Maybe you're saying maybe she'll be nice anyway. Okay, well that's, yeah. that's good. Um, Steve, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you to uh, to stay with us as well. We're just sure. filling up the uh, the table here. We're going to uh, have our next guest, Neil Galford, is joining us. Uh, Neil is the CEO of uh, Stephen Thomas uh, up in uh, Toronto. But I think uh, for our purposes here, most importantly, uh, he is the co-host, that I co-host with him, uh, the Digital Leap Conference, uh, which will be uh, uh, held actually next week in Toronto uh, on uh, uh, April 24th. Uh, And, Neil, it sold out so early this year. Huge success, very big topic. Uh, Welcome here, Neil Gallifer, to the big 8th anniversary show. Well, thank you very much, Ted, and uh, hello from New Orleans. I just uh, I just spent the last few days at the uh, uh, AFP conference, a wonderful conference, but I'm looking forward to our little one-day conference in Toronto next week. So, um, yeah, it's been great, Ted. Congratulations on your eighth anniversary, and um, we've worked together on this joint venture of Digital Leap now for nine years, so it's going to be the ninth. Nine years and ninth anniversary, right. Yeah, that's correct. So, uh, no, it's been a great nine years, and, and your leadership in the conference has been uh, much appreciated, and we've been able to create really the the only conference in Canada that focused solely on digital communications and fundraising for the not-for-profit sector. So um, the the fact that we sold out the last three or four years in a row uh, is uh, just tells you that uh, people are hungry to learn about how to apply digital um, techniques in the in the not-for-profit sector, in fundraising in particular. Yeah, we we have sold out for the last four years, but I think we were all surprised at how early in the planning process it sold out this year. Um, what do you, Neil, attribute that to? And and I just want to sort of remind our listeners of who else we sort of have on our our eighth anniversary panel here. Mark Sutton is here uh, with us uh, from Frontstream. Uh, and uh, Rob Mitchell is here, CEO of the Atlas of Giving. Uh, Steve Nill uh, from Charity Channel, Charity Channel Press is with us, and of course our uh, our producer of the show, Diane Peach, is here with us. So, uh, Neil, um, why is Digital Leap so successful? What are the the topics that are going to be covered um, that that are resonating so well in the nonprofit sector? Well, I think I think we've uh, really kept our eye on the ball each year and, and delivered real value. Um, we get speakers from uh, uh, big agencies, uh, vendors, from consultancies, and and from practitioners as well. Um, so the lead, uh, the opening plenary this year is uh, uh, the CEO of Plan Canada, um, uh, Caroline Riseborough. And she's talking about the death of charity, which uh, I think that'll be a, uh, an interesting topic for sure. Uh, provocative we cover, at the very least. Yeah, at least, yes. And we cover real practical topics, uh, you know, uh, how to make the best of your email uh, program to, to controversial topics like that. We've, we've always tried to make it a mix of, of real practical take-home technique-oriented sessions and also 
a bit higher level, you know, thought-provoking, uh, challenging, if not provocative uh, topics as well. So I, I think we've got a good mix. It's a one-day conference. Um, people like Mark Sutton, who's on the line, thank you, Mark, have supported our conference uh, with Fredstream being a sponsor for a number of years. Uh, and the sponsors have allowed us to keep the price down so that in a practical way, charities can afford to uh, send their people to uh, to the conference. So I, I think we got a good formula and we've done well. And obviously we've been at it nine years and I'm looking forward to our 10th anniversary next year. Yeah. So am I. So uh, relating to this uh, big eighth anniversary of the nonprofit coach, can you sort of share with our, our, our listeners sort of the, the evolution that you've seen of the topics of digital leap in terms of how has the industry changed over now, you and I have been doing that uh, program for nine years, but certainly the, the eight years that the nonprofit coach has sort of been side by side, um, the topics that have changed over that period of time and maybe the sophistication of uh, even, even small nonprofits. Well, I think what's interesting is that um, there, were, there, was, there was a lot of interest early on in things which weren't really producing a lot of revenue. And, uh, and I think that, that that made the whole area a bit challenging. And I think that, I think that was true generally about digital fundraising. It's, it's been growing over the last few years in leaps and bounds, but it still represented a relatively small proportion of the, the revenue that charities were bringing in. And I think what's happened over this, the last nine years is that revenue has started to grow to the point where it's an investable activity and uh, organizations are realizing that if they're not there and they're not doing it well, they're going to be left behind. Um, and, you know, the legacy systems were still producing the, the bulk of the revenue and still are, I guess, but, but now are, digital, yeah. the money's there, right? The money's starting to be there. And so now we're seeing uh, a bit more confidence in that, that end of things. Yeah, and, and let me bring Mark uh, Mark in here. Um, so in that in that sort of period of time, what we're seeing is sort of the marriage of legacy systems to digital systems, and how they're the interplay between the two. And I, and I think over that the eight years that this show has been on, uh, we've seen it as sort of a curiosity that then became sort of a standalone or sort of a bolted onto the side, to to now you know true integration of online, offline, and the expectation on the part of donors uh, that these things are not separate, they don't live in different spheres, but are just all part of the donor experience. Is that, is that what, what you're seeing? Is that how you would describe the evolution over that time? Mark, are you here? Oh, maybe, if maybe Mark's not, I don't. If, if, okay. if Mark's uh, gone, Neil, I would, I would, go not, I would no, take I, that I, on, yeah. yeah. Apologize. I was. Uh, I, I was. Here. I was. I, I think he had No, I was going to. I was going to. I was going to chime in and say. I think absolutely that that is. Um, you know how we've seen it. Um, I, I think that there's what we're seeing is certainly a multi-channel approach is no longer just an option. It has to be. Um, you know, has to be part of the mix. And I think that we're all seeing um, response rates and open rates with emails just going down to the point where I think it's very problematic if that is you know, a, a very, if that's kind of the sole way that you're interacting with individuals, it has to be via social text. I think even Facebook Messenger 
So that multimedia approach is absolutely right. And then I think that the other thing that sort of stood out is, Neil, as you were talking about kind of the evolution, and I remember talking, you know, a number of years ago at Digital Leap about mobile, and I find um, some of the comment I made when I was speaking earlier, with any of these, there's sort of that first, you've got the early adopters that jump in. Um, they don't understand exactly um, necessarily why why things are being done, but they do know that social or mobile or email or, or, or online, you know, has possibility. And there's a leap of faith um, or perhaps a pretty good bet. Um, people then become pretty good practitioners at using those. And then I think it matures to the state where you really need to prove the ROI. And I think that's where the metrics and the data comes in. It says, okay, you know, okay, what is mobile or what is social or what is my online channel doing for me? And it's no longer just okay to be a good idea. It really has to be accountable at the ROI level for each organization. And the expectation on the part of the donors, I think you're right. I mean, what the, you'll get the early adopter charities uh, who have the resources and, and, and are looking for sort of where that cutting edge is. And then they're able to sort of connect to early adopter donors because there's a, there's a donor base out there that also wants to have that sort of early experience. And, and so they, they sort of meet each other exactly where they need to be. But that's a small uh, group of charities and it's a small group of donors. And the, the challenge is how do you integrate these tools into a uh, community that is does not see itself as an earlier adopter, but has now adopted digital, has now adopted mobile as part of their everyday life. And it's not just digital for charity or mobile for charity. It doesn't, in a lot of donors' minds, stand alone or stand apart. Uh, it is part of their lives. And if you can't meet them there, someone else will. And I think that what's really changed over these eight years is the intense competition for technology and the intense competition between charities to create that donor experience that can be sticky enough to actually, as you said, Mark, create an ROI. I think it becomes almost from, I think that there's a, an expectation on the part of the donor now. If you think back eight years ago, people weren't buying things on Amazon and on Facebook and, and, all, and you know, the, people's lives weren't online nearly to the extent that they are today. So by virtue of the fact that this is how people are living their lives more regularly outside of um, their, their nonprofit and philanthropic engagement, the expectation is such that the experience is going to be very similar. Right, and if you're not, then quite honestly, you can have a very good cause, you can have a very good message, uh, but you are going to be sort of left by the side of the road uh, because those who can uh, adapt, and it doesn't even have to be quickly adopt. I mean, one of the things I try to share with, with charities, it's, it's a matter of integrating into what already works. And, and I, my, my fear, and one of the things that we've always sort of warned people about here on this show is you yeah. read about some great cause yeah, uh, in the paper um, or you share with, um, you know, with uh, people or you learn about how they did something in a particular way, um, and then you try to replicate that rather than taking a look at organically or historically what's happening for your organization and how can you now make that same experience more relevant. How can you bring that experience to where your donors are naturally. Um, and, of course, it's always nice to go find new donors, and it's, 
uh, and it's and it's great to you know uh, always prospect to to grow your base, um, but that's also very expensive. Um, and to maintain those relationships and to build those relationships over time, I think is where uh, charities should be placing their emphasis, uh, because that in and of itself is harder. Uh, again, because of the competition uh, in either same fields or related fields, uh, charities are uh, feeling that competition. And, you know, it, technology is a whole lot cheaper now than it was when this show started. Uh, but it nonetheless is an investment. So I'm kind of throwing that out there to all of our guests. If there's anybody who wants to uh, sort of uh, respond to that or tell me I'm right or wrong. Yeah, Ted, I'll, I'll, I'll say you're right. It, it is an investment. The, the, the prices have come down, but I also feel like maybe what you meant by investment is it's not just a financial investment, but it's also an investment in resources and skill set and commitment even at the executive level to embracing this. So it's it, it, it's investment, I think, in that I, sense I of the word. More as so, I think even more so at the executive level. Um, yeah. You know, that's, uh, you know I, think, I think early on, you know, certainly early on for the show, early on in the use of digital technology, mobile technology, it was okay for, you know, almost for the tail to wag the dog, you know, that there would be, you know, some, you know, typically it would be pointed out to be some young person who was on the staff who was sort of trying to push the organization, you know, you know, to use new tools. Um, and that was great. And, and thankfully, you know, that happened and that message got across. Uh, but I think now um, it, it's very important that from the executive suite on down uh, that um, the, the use of smart technology the integration of technology into more traditional forms of, of fundraising has to be a message from the top that, that you cannot succeed today to the level that you need to uh, if it's a small department or one or two people that are trying to push technology into an organization. You're just not going to meet the challenge of 2018. Yeah, and I think one of the things I've observed, you know, both at, at our company, Frontstream, as well as many of the organizations that we work with, is sometimes that can be scary for executive leadership because maybe you're not as familiar, you haven't grown up with all of the digital tools, and sometimes the, the, the feeling is that you need to be the leader in driving these. And what I found in our company is sometimes it's just getting out of the way, and it's letting some of the millennials who are like, yeah, let's use Trello or Slack or let's do – or let's try this, something that I believe – kind of is intriguing, but I don't necessarily know all the X's and O's myself. Sometimes it's just saying, go run with it. Let's see what happens. And it's amazing. That's right. Yeah, so it, whether it's getting out of the way or empowering people to uh, utilize and explore technology, um, you know, that, that's where I think senior executives need to get to. Uh, so we're going to go in, uh, bring in our last guest here, uh, who uh, is uh, Kay Sprinkle Grace is here with us. And, and Kay, I, I, I'm sure that our producer, Diane uh, Peach, uh, who is, is with us here so she can uh, 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 speak for herself if she would like to. Um, but uh, you always do our holiday show at the end of the year, um, and we thank you for that. It's always one of the, the top-rated uh, shows uh, uh, each year. Uh, so I imagine that's probably why Diane has asked you to be our last guest here on the big eighth anniversary show. So welcome back here, Kay Sprinkle Grace. 
Thank you, Ted, and congratulations on another amazing year of Blog Talk Radio. Um, you continue to, uh, you know, lead our profession in so many ways, and I know for me it has just been a, a great joy to have known and worked with you over decades now, I think, Ted. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> We have uh, we have uh, been working together for for a long time. Um, we've got uh, several folks sort of around the the table here. I'll just uh, share with you who's here. Mark Sutton uh, is with us uh, from Frontstream. Rob uh, Mitchell uh, from the Atlas of Giving. Steve Neal is here from Charity Channel, Charity Channel Press. Uh, Neil Galliford, uh, who's my uh, a wonderful co-host of Digital Leap next week in Toronto, uh, and the CEO is uh, Stephen Thomas, and of course our our uh, producer here of the show, Diane Peach, is joining us because it's our anniversary show. Um, so, uh, Kay, we're all kind of weighing in on uh, the last eight years in philanthropy um, and sort of the passage of time and changing of topics. Um, weigh in on that topic uh, for, from the, the seat of uh, uh, Kay Sprinkle Grace. Well, it's a time, Ted, that reminds me of 10 years ago when I was the um, lead outside consultant to the Corporation for Public Broadcasting for the Major Giving Initiative. And in our leadership training with CEOs, we asked them to imagine 10 years forward. You know, just like what would it be 10 years forward? What's your vision? What will it look like in your public media company 10 years from now? And I remember one person saying, how can I even think of that? When 10 years ago, our big breakthrough was getting a plain paper fax. So (laughs) what I'm seeing is that there is just this massive acceleration. But what is intriguing to me is that it's not our industry, for want of a better word, our professional, our profession that is accelerating. In fact, I wish it were accelerating more. It is our donors. It is the needs in our communities, and I am more and more um, engaged in the design thinking around philanthropy. I think that we have created far more organizations than we have solved problems, and I think that we are heading for a time when we will be better aligned with the expectations of our donors with the needs of our community and the capacity of our organizations. Uh, My other concern is leadership succession. Uh, Many organizations are reaching a point where, you know, founders and founding boards and um, a lot of our boards are still um, reflective of a time when their communities looked a lot different. And I, I think it's a very exciting time time when thoughtful professionals like you have gathered around that table um, are going to be called on for not only action but for wisdom mm-hmm. and how and, and and how can all of these topics come together in in a way that doesn't have to be threatening uh, doesn't have to be in your face if in fact you can see even not quite 10 years, but just over the horizon uh, to see, as, as Kay Sprinkle Grace so often brings to us here, what, what is on that horizon and what do we need to do now to prepare for that so that we're not caught uh, unawares, that we're not caught off guard uh, as these topics, because it is important to understand um, that our communities are becoming more diverse 
um, yet are our charities reflecting that, as leadership reflecting that. Um, just as you know, Mark and, and Neil and I um, have shared, uh, have, have talked about uh, the integration of digital technology, mobile technology, web technology, um, those things have changed. And the reason that they've changed is because communities have changed. And people, right. our donors, want to come together in different ways. And we have Rob Mitchell here with the Atlas of Giving, who is constantly, and he just shared with us, they're, they're looking at a million data points uh, on a daily basis, weekly basis, monthly yep. basis, to, yep. to understand what is driving philanthropy, what are those indicators that are going to tell us what the future will look like in, in, a, in a, a way that can be understood, um, that we're, we're not just caught, again, unaware, so that like philanthropy doesn't just happen, um, it is right. an outgrowth of the communities uh, that, that we reflect, and I think, hey, that's the point that you're bringing us all home to. It, it is, and I, and I think that, you know, I cannot, um, obviously, I don't have a solution up my sleeve, but what I do have is I have this notion that we have so much to offer our communities, um, we as philanthropic organizations. We have experience, we have wisdom, we have trust, we have everything going for us. And we need to take a stronger leadership role, not in solving these problems ourselves, because this is not an alone time. This is a together time. And we need to be conveners. We need to bring the people in who can solve the problem with us. And we need to work across corporations and associations and community foundations and foundations, all the things that, you know, you do so well, Ted. But we need to convene them and say, how can we solve this problem? What resources do we need? What are the mobilizing instincts that we have? And what are our messages? How are we going to present this? And Ted knows me well enough to know the, and so does Neil and a few others that are around that table, is that I believe that people give to us because we meet needs, not because we have needs. And yet too often right. our messages are about the needs that we have. And particularly in times of economic volatility, it's all about the needs we have. But what are the needs that we're meeting? How often do we really say to people, look, this is what we've done. But more than that, this is what we, working together with you and others in this community, we don't own philanthropy. We lead it. That's but right. we don't have to That's own right. it. And it is a and Kate, shared service. That's right. And one of the things that has distinguished all of our work here, and I want to thank you all for being my guest here on the big eighth anniversary show for the Nonprofit Coach, uh, is that we listen and that we bring our experiences and our expertise to the table, uh, but we don't demand that we have all the answers. And I think that's the, the, the secret sauce of philanthropy is that we're able to be active in our communities, listen to our communities, and to help fashion solutions that are relevant to our communities, whether that's online, offline, or in backyard. So um, everyone, I want to thank you, Mark Sutton, uh, Rob Mitchell, uh, Steve Nill, Neil Galford, Kay Sprinkle Grace, and of course, our, our dear uh, Diane Peach, our producer of the show. Thank you for helping us celebrate today the eighth anniversary of the Nonprofit Coach. 
thank you for all your support. You're listening to the Nonprofit Coach Radio Show with Ted Hart. Tell all your friends to check out our production schedule and download our iPod and iPad-friendly podcast at tedhart.com. Thanks for listening to the Nonprofit Coach.